take it easy on him? I Hell mean, no. you're like you're like building him up. He does a pudwazzle. I made a word for him. That's how that's how much how angry I am at him. I made him a I used a word that has never been used before. That's mine. Pudwazzle. Pudwazzle. Sounds right. Sure. Girk walks in on Fudwazzle, and that's the cold. That's why you should knock first. <laughs> yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is John Christian, and today I have a single host joining me for the news segment. Master Troy Sandland. Say hello, Troy. Hello, Troy. Hello, Troy. Oh, that was hello, I, I like that. I got that I got that Hannibal Lecter vibe going there. Oh. <laughs> We're kicking Zach off the show. There's this yep. chemistry is way too good. He's gone. He gone. <laughs> he gone. Uh, I will, so I will eat his liver with, with a, some fava, with beans. fava beans and a nice KNT. Yes. Uh, today is Newsday Tuesday, which Newsday Tuesday. Is, well, we're recording it on Newsday Tuesday, but uh, we're doing the news today. Man. I'm really, really excited. There's some really good stuff coming up in here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so where do you want to start? Where Where do we start? We got a good topic that's where that's gonna we we're gonna connect start? with this thing. So we gotta we gotta come into this thing strong. I will, I will let you lead off. Do you have one? Of your, we have a slew. Even we'll say a slew of a, news. A slew. A slew of news. Uh, we're it's a slew. we knew that uh, a poor poor Zach is unable to make it to yet another news segment. Yeah, he missed last week's and he missed a recording this week. Bless his heart. You know what? He deserves it. From what it sounded like, he was just beat up with a move. So, and he's beat on vacation move and and beat you up when you missed. That is true. Uh, but so. I am the bigger man. Both in uh, in uh, my virtue and my girth. So, <laughs> oh shit! I shouldn't have said that. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, that word I was th- is ruined. I was thinking physicality. Well, I was uh, thinking that too, actually. But then, anyway, it's fine. Whatever. Sorry, sorry, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Zach. This is what happens whenever you don't whenever you don't show up to a recording. So uh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's right. Do you have one in okay. particular that you like, though? Uh, what do you want to start with? You know what? Most of mine, most of mine are Kickstarters. So I will go with my one non-Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First. Okay, cool. Because this is adding some. It's already got you know a, a ton of legitimacy behind it. This is adding more. All right, hit me. Benedict Cumberbatch has been added to the cast of the D and D movie. <sighs> Not shocked. Smaug himself. Con. Mm-hmm. Sherlock. Good. Doctor yep. Strange. How is he like didn't isn't he supposed to be filming Doctor Strange pretty soon and he's filming this at the same time? He a hard working heifer. He is. He's got a well, he's young too, so he can do this. That's that. true. That is true. Um you know, I'm not shocked. Once he did the voiceover for the Dritz and the Drow oh, uh, thing, man. I'm not like it makes sense. It makes it because how else would they could they have gotten him to 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 do that? Yeah, like they already had him on the hook. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, since you're already doing this, what would you read the drist thing? What, what, what do you say, yeah? Just just uh, just for the broskies? You don't you yeah. don't mind, do you? Yeah. Uh, it does. You're right, though. It does. It does lend an additional air of legitimacy to it. 
right? Because mm-hmm. Cumberbatch is not... He's like, no joke. He's no joke, and he's no he's no C-stringer. This guy's an A-list mm-hmm. actor. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is, is a great... Like, they're, they got really, really fantastic well, that's, talent yeah, that's in here. That's what I'm saying. You've got Chris Pine. You've got Michelle Rodriguez. You've mm-hmm. got Hugh Grant. You've... Er, uh, and now you got Benedict Cumberbatch and, and the other people I am not familiar with, but mm-hmm. I have seen their their filmography. Mm-hmm. Of what they, you know, so, so they've done good things themselves. But I mean, holy crap, Chris Chris Pine and Benedict Cumberbatch alone make make this a potential for being an awesome movie. You know, it, it it's no. Uh, it's no original D and D movie. It's it's not gonna sure. be, but it, it is gonna be sad that we don't get to hear Jeremy Irons chew scenery, chew like no the other. hell out of some scenery. Let their blood rain from oh. the sky, baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but fair, but you know Jeremy Irons carried that whole movie. He did well. Yeah, with what they did to butcher everything else around him. Yes, he, even he couldn't. Even he couldn't. Uh, yeah. Pull that thing out of the dumpster fire. By the way, I, let me let me drop two more names that I'm really excited about in this movie that are going to probably be undersung until they come out. Sophia Lillis, who was in It. Okay. She was uh, Beverly Marsh. Beverly, the little redheaded girl mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. She is phenomenal. Like, in everything that I've seen her in, she was in, uh, let's see, she was in uh, part of both of the It movies. She was also in, like, a Nancy Drew movie that my kids were really super into that was really good. But she also did I'm, I Am Not Okay With This, which is a TV a series on Netflix. Really, really good. She's, like a, she's a really talented actress. And, and it's one of those where you don't see her splashed, her face everywhere. But I, yeah. I want her to do well because she's just really, really talented. Seems right really talented. And then the other one is uh, Justice Smith. Let's see. What is was Justice Smith in that was really huge? He was in Jurassic World. And he was in the Get Down. But there was one thing he was like super big, super big in. Anyway, but he's who really was he in, who was he in Jurassic World? Uh, he I think he was one of like the the, the one of the brothers, the controllers. No, nah, nah, he was um. No. Crap, who was he in there again? Let me my Google's. He was in. He was Franklin Webb, which I think he was one of like the tech guys in that movie, if I remember correctly. Okay. But um, he's good. The stuff that I've seen him in is really, really good. I don't know, I don't know what it was he was in. I think he was in um, Detective Pikachu. Yes. That's where I remember him being. It was in Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which I thought was going to be, like, really stupid. But yeah, I, watched, I still have not seen it, but I've heard, I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. I watched it, it with my like, kid, and he's, he's great. He's, like, really charismatic, charming, you know, dude. So another, yet another one of those where I'm glad that he's getting a shot at it, and I hope he kills it. Absolutely. So, okay, I have seen this kid. There was somebody else in there. I'm sure that I'm gonna, I'm forgetting about, but it is what it is. So, uh, and there's was his uh, Regajan Page. I don't know if I, I'm butchering his name. I'm sure. I remember him specifically from Brid- Bridgerton. Um, okay, he's really really good. He's kind of like the, another a new it dude on the on the on the coming up uh, coming up slide. So. They got good nut. They got good stuff in here. We'll see what happens. And I do like again. We're talking about like a pedigree for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm the direct. The guys that are writing it, John Francis Daly, uh, Daly, and uh, Jonathan Goldstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's um yeah. Those two are, are writing, and Dave Arneson 
Oh, well, not Dave Arneson, but like they're basing it on some of like the original works from Dave, Dave Arneson, apparently. It's not okay. like, uh, but those two are both directing and writing it. And I like seeing directors as the writers also because they're so close to their own material that they don't have to fight with somebody else about creative control over it. So as long as, you know, the, the suits and the money don't get in the way, we'll see what Which happens. Which I, I am excited about. This being, you know, the first D and D movie. I mean, the only thing they have to really base it on, as far as mega successes, as far as movies go, mm-hmm. is Lord of the Rings. That's true. So you, hopefully, we're not going to run into any. Oh well, this one movie did really, really well. It, it's mm. kind of like our movie, so put that in here. Well, there's some other movies that have come out since Lord of the Rings that are the kind of not even not. We're not even talking like. Um, Harry Potter, but like the seventh, uh, seventh son was seventh one, son, which was fun. It could have been good, like really, really good, but fantastic. Yeah. But then you've got some in there that I'm hoping that they're going to look at and be like, that's not the route to go. And then like either create their own thing. That's really, really good. Or, you know, follow the, look at the bad examples and don't follow, follow that path. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Well, again, if, if, the best example they could take from would be the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. And as long as they just keep pulling, Pulling from from stuff like that. Well, there's so much lore, for God's sake, man. It, I, oh, yeah. They've already they've already pretty much shown that it's going to be in Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. Boom. Which if they did like, a, but if they did a pre-existing story, that's what I, that's the direction the route I would take. But well, what do you think? with you with you saying that uh, they're doing some stuff from Dave Aronson, mm-hmm. that's Blackmore. That's true. That's true. I think I read it on like comicbook.com or something like that. That Dave Arneson. But it was Which not, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, good with that. that. Mm-hmm. Da- do some Blackmore stuff. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. The only thing is, I mean, it would be interesting if, if they set this up with the, you know, with the new trend of these movies. You're building a franchise out of it mm-hmm. with a multiverse aspect to mm-hmm. it. So you've got, you start off. And it would be honestly, it would be a beautiful homage because Blackmore was the very first campaign setting for D anD D. So you've got that as the very first movie. You've got the the TV show that's coming out that I think they've already said is is supposed to be in Forgotten Realms. I think they said it was had well, either centered around or had Dritz is supposed to be in it. I think. I, uh, yeah. yeah. So so you've got that plane, that prime material plane that mm-hmm. you're dealing with, Blackmore. Maybe somewhere down the road we we could get a a, a Dark Sun yeah. movie. Come on, um, come on. We could do say it. Oh, I mean, say oh, it. I know. I right. Planescape. Screw you, man. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Look, take all. Take all the awesome IPs from from D and D's history. Spelljammer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Birthright. You're just trying Stara. to hurt me. That's fine. Hollow World. Just trying to hurt me. That's fine. Jacandor. Enter Veil. Yeah, those are all great. Those are all Fantastic. great. They already have a script written for the one that I'm. I have my eyes. Right. On. So they could just they do that. push like just whatever. Right. It's just, just whatever. Yeah, whatever. All right. Fine. All right. So let me. Uh, <clears throat> that's a really good opportunity for me to segue into something else. Uh, yeah, so my news items are also. I've only got one Kickstarter in here, but it's a biggie. So I think I'll it's save that huge. one. I'll save. I'll save that one for last. Mine are actually pretty small, nibbles, bite-sized, if you will. The one of them is Amazon has ordered not one but 
two seasons of Critical Role's cartoon series. So yeah. that is, uh, there, there is obviously, you know, they raised, what, $11 million on the Kickstarter to, uh, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the, what, the fourth highest Kickstarter campaign in, uh, in Kickstarter history with the $11 million, I think, or something like that. It's in the, it's in the top 10 for sure. Uh, it's, it's, in, it's in the, yeah. Yeah, so, the so the original plans, sixth. It is the sixth, not the fourth. The, so the original was that they were going to uh, do a $750,000 goal, and it just exploded. And they got it. They, so they were going to do like like a quick two or three episodes, and that was it. And it expanded out for a 10-episode season. And then Amazon Prime got a hold of it, or Amazon got a hold of it, and so they're, they're rolling it out as part of the Prime stuff. Like they did uh, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Which was really really big, very like very not kid friendly for very those out not. there. I liked it a lot, but uh, so yeah. So there, you're looking at two seasons of probably ten to twelve episodes each. Right, let's see, they have, I th- I think they said twenty four total episodes. Did they really? Okay, yeah. So here it is. So their own goal was to make two prequel episodes and eight episodes of the Briarwood Briarwood arc, which I guess is their most popular arc that they've done. It, this far. No, it, it was the they they put a poll out to see uh-huh. what story. What story made the most sense to do this and the Briarwood arc? Gotcha, gotcha. Prevailed. Yep, gotcha. Um, yeah, so instead, 24, man. That's uh, that's killer. Look. That's awesome. Whatever you think about Critical Role and its uh, influence on the community or on the, the game or the hobby itself, no matter what it is, this is awesome. This is like D&D-centric storytelling. The, we're going to get a D&D cartoon. It's effectively yeah. what what's what Critical Role is. This cartoons like that's awesome. We haven't had a D and D car cartoon since an the eighties. D and D cartoon, true, an adult one, like a no messing around, you know, big kid cartoon. So I mean, like this is the kind of thing that we've been complaining about not having enough of. There hasn't mm-hmm. been enough love for D and D, and we're just getting it. it's coming out of our friggin' ears at this point. So good for them, and good for Amazon for taking a shot, um, oh, yeah. taking a stab at it, and and making and rolling with it. And I hope it works. I hope, well, I hope it blows honestly, up. you know, not yeah. Good job, Amazon, and I say, shame on you, Netflix. Shame on you, Hulu. Mm-hmm. Shame on you, any other streaming service providers out there. What were you thinking? Oh yeah, this you know, and again, like you said, no matter what you think about Critical Role, it's a freaking juggernaut. Mm-hmm. How many thousands of people block out four hours every Thursday to watch their live stream? Mm-hmm. Who does that? Thousands. What other show, what other show or entertainment weekly pulls that? Nothing. The only other thing that you get something like that for is like a a pay-per-view event, like a a WWE or UFC kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. But worldwide, people block out time to watch them play this game live. From anywhere to from three to five hours a shot. Yep. On the regular. And you didn't, you weren't smart enough to tap into that. Amazon cold smoked your your asses on that deal. <laughs> so the good thing I think that's going to end up coming out of it is even though is is we have to cross our fingers, right? Again, whatever you think about Critical Role as either the the, the people that are involved with it or their style of play or, or whatever. Whatever you think, if you want more D&D, you want this to be successful. And mm-hmm. so 
if this is really successful, you're going to end up getting copycats that are hopefully going to be good too, right? So Amazon, or like Amazon got it, but then Netflix has an opportunity to do something that's similar to Critical Role, and maybe they'll do an even better job. Maybe they'll get exactly what you really, like, they're going to have to reflavor it. They can't make it a complete copycat. They're going to have to make it their own, or they're going to be, it'll be obvious. Well, right? well, th- this will set a precedent. If this if, if this thing is successful as I think it probably will be, mm-hmm. at the bare minimum of what I think it will be, how many other live stream properties mm. are out there? That's that's a good point. That that these other companies can say, Hey, mm-hmm. you have a live stream. Probably doesn't have as many as Critical Role has, mm-hmm. but we could take yours and make a story out of it and do a cartoon or a live action mm-hmm. or Something like that. I mean, the the possibilities for this are just absolutely mind-boggling and insanely exciting. And I wish I would have jumped on the bandwagon years ago and started streaming mm-hmm. something to to be right in that in that echelon that you might be considered right. Well, it's like yeah. it's what Dave says, right? He says it really, really well. Rising tides raise all ships, yep. right? Whenever Critical Role does well, we all as a community do better. Look, again, if you don't like the way that they play and you think that it's silly, stupid, fake, that's not D&D, not my D&D, whatever, fine, run your own game. But the good thing is more people are going to be interested and maybe they don't want that kind of game. That's what got them in. But you can make, you can create your own little little nodule Inside of the, the gaming space, yep. there's there's room it's multi- at the It's part the of the multiverse. Exactly, it's part of the multiverse of D and D. Been saying it for years. Yeah. There's room at the table for everybody. Absolutely, there's room at the table for everybody. Yep, yep. exactly. Unless you're a uh, total ring rod, then get away from the table. That's true. And there have been some that have will remain nameless for t- the time being. That we've already we've already said our statement on that. That have yeah, we've already made our statement. Been outed. <laughs> they can uh, they can continue to shit the bed to to to, <laughs> to wang out as it were to wang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's 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 two, two in the in the chamber. What else you got for two me? In the All right, we are doing a little Kickstarter called Incantations, a book of narrative and worldly spells for Five E D and D. This is coming from Metal Weave Games, the yeah HTT Paladin, otherwise known as Joshua Mendenhall. I spoke about one of his projects several several months ago, uh, the Islands of Sina Una. He was heavily involved in that. He was a co-director on that project. He is also the creator of Polyhedral, uh, the TTRPG interview book. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy. I've, seen, I've heard a lot of his interviews on different podcasts. Uh, Kirsten Bell, a writer, a streamer, cosplayer. She's involved in this. Lucia, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name because I know I will just destroy it. So Lucia V., <laughs> She is the, the one-woman team behind Seer Sword. She does handmade uh, dice and other tabletop-related merchandise, things like that. Anyway, so that's, what, that's the pedigree of this project. This is full of new spells and incantations that are geared for a narrative style of play. Hmm. It gives you that ability to flavor what's going on and how the spell is used and, and things like that. It, it's, it's not fireball. It's not prismatic sphere. It's, do you want to make your ship fly? Do you want to add like some kind of a, a memory 
type manipulation to your stealth checks. Like you're warping their memory as you're trying to move past them. You know, That's cool. things like that that you're really getting into. And it's going to give you some uh, subclasses for the spellcasting classes. College of Antiquities for the Bard. Mm. Circle of Dust for the Druid. That's cool. Whispered One Patron for the Warlock. Harbinger, Harbinger Bloodline for the Sorcerer. Supernova domain oh. for the cleric. Uh, the name alone, you you had me at supernova, my friend. Yeah, yeah. And then the school of travel for the wizard. And unfortunately, they I mean they don't give you a lot in the in the Kickstarter page of what the different spells and stuff are. I don't care. I'm in. It just it, there's something about the way they presented this that it's narratively backed. And narratively driven, that that uh, is going to push this over the over the line for mm-hmm. me. I'm going to back it. It's already funded. It's got 30 days left. They they wanted a seven thousand dollar goal. They've got twelve. They're sitting at twelve thousand right now. They've got 30 days left. So this is going to be a good sized product. Very well done. The art is already really cool. Mm-hmm. Just from what you're seeing on the on the Kickstarter page, yeah, it it so, looks. They, I mean, it's again. I appreciate a well put together Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. This is really well put together. It, it's it is um, it's well presented. It doesn't give too much away. Like, and there's some really neat stuff in here. Like to your point, the artwork is really really good, but it's really well laid out. They've it's a uh, it's set at a, they got a reasonable price point for all of the different yep. tiers that they've got in here. They've got a lot of stretch goals that they throw out there as well. I, that's one of the, to me at least, it may not be every person, but the stretch goals kind of are key to me to, to maintaining momentum on a, yeah. a Kickstarter. It's like if you want get get your, your friends involved in the Kickstarter and help, you know, create a groundswell uh, in the community, driving that number up because you get more as you, uh, as you promote and as you participate in that, uh, that, that also. So yeah, it looks really good. I like this. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited for it. It, it looks really cool. I've I've got the Islands of Sina Una. Mm-hmm. It's that's something that you know if if you slept on that one, go pre-order that. Mm-hmm. Grab that. It's yeah. it's a completely, completely different culture. It's more like the uh, uh, Philippine Islands type type culture mm-hmm. with with which was very hard for them to develop. They had to do a lot of research because not a lot of that stuff was written down. Very well done. Really cool stuff. But yeah, check it out. Incantations by Metal Weave Games. It's awesome. All right, so for me, uh, again, I got more nibbly bits until I get to my big one. This is is not D&D, but I think this is important. This is an important one, right? Because Pathfinder is the offspring of D&D. And it's always interesting mm-hmm. to see what direction the Pathfinder is taking. Pathfinder has come out and said, point blank, there will be no additional content created for first edition Pathfinder. Boom, done. Walking away from it. They're dusting off their sandals. The news finally puts the nail in the coffin of the original Pathfinder that has served as an alternative for D&D for years. It's, it's all, Pathfinder's definitely been... The closest thing to D and D that has done as well as D and D for the longest for a while there, they were killing it, and the D and D was really languishing until Fifth Edition came out. 
But uh, they said specifically, and I quote, no new material is planned. The one exception might be the Kingmaker Anniversary Edition, which will be written for Pathfinder 2E with expanded content from the computer game and will sell... They will sell a Pathfinder First Edition and five uh, E Bestiary conversion books separately. Yeah, and I think that was already part of their plan. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, t- I'll tell you what. Not to like divert divert too much, but Kingmaker, the that that storyline was fantastic <laughs> for, Path- oh, yeah. for Pathfinder. They, they do incredible yeah. stuff. They got some it's really just, really their yeah. their their campaigns are really really top notch like seriously adventure paths yes thank you adventure paths are fantastic like the carrion crown is one of my favorites mm-hmm. we were talking about that just the other night we were talking about kind of like our favorite non watsy spoiler alert if we were to do this in the future that's one of mine for sure yeah so i mean this is obviously they're they're doubling down on 2e and saying which, scorched earth it is what it is you know which makes sense i i'm really surprised that they they didn't do this earlier sure that makes sense. Because it's, 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 you know, it's a very strange thought process for me. You know, it's like, hey, we've got a first edition that, that we're now going to, you know, do a second edition on, and we're going to make products for both editions. Why would mm-hmm. you do that? Yep. 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 So, th- again, it's a smaller news item for me. Uh, not as much to really go off of. I mean, hey, I wish... Pathfinder, the, the folks over at uh, at Paizo, well, uh, and I hope that uh, oh, yeah. I haven't seen any of the the two E stuff to be to be fair for for Pathfinder, but if you like a lot of tactical crunch, then Pathfinder was where it was at. It was like it was third edition on steroids for yeah. sure, it, and, and that's and it was too much for me. Yeah. It just wasn't my. It was a min max. It's a min maxer's dream. Yeah, yeah. The the like fifth edition has been a really good balancing act of. There's enough room in there for crunch, but there's there's good there's a good space in there. It's fluid enough to where yep. you don't have to have noodly number crunching for even the RP and the socialization stuff. So it's left that open okay. and made that that more accessible. So. I mean, and I got to give it to Paizo. If it wasn't for them, would would we be sitting here right now? True. Fifth edition. Like everybody's part of carrying the torch. That is a really really good. Yeah. That's a really important. That's I, and again, not to divert. Too much on this, but we, you know, we used to have the the edition wars. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like what we've got is my D and D versus somebody else's D and D, right? Or my, or even mm-hmm. maybe it's even it may. Even, I don't know what the 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 Pathfinder culture is like, but sometimes it feels like you know the the people that are coming in. The new the folks that are coming in now into D and D, it's like no, it's our D and D. This is the the new wave, and we're going to do it our way, and all that good stuff. And we're going to like we we own it now. And then you've got all the the people that have been playing the game for years that are like, but it's kind of it's my D and D too, isn't it? You know, or no, it's my, or, or they're being more grognardy and saying, you know, stay off my lawn, kind of stuff. Honestly, like. For God's sake, man! Let, why don't we just let let D and D be for everybody and have? I would love to see more D and D. Fifth edition really did a good job of bringing old school players back to the table. The last thing that I'd want is for any friction to happen between the old players and the new players coming back or coming into to it for the first time. It's kind of like a D and D culture thing that I, it frustrates me some day, some yeah. days. Well, you know, it's like I said in a and not just D and D, all role playing games mm-hmm. when. When you can play a a, a a race of being that doesn't even exist, mm. other than in our imagination, 
an alien, a, a different gender, a different, you know, whatever. And, and you don't want to be inclusive? Mm. Whereas, you know, you don't want to be accepting of, of people? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. You're, you're walking around uh, water deep with a drow mm. or a half-orc or, you know, whatever. Or you're in Sharn with a, with a warforged. Yeah, who, what's, what, what stick is up your butt? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what, I'm, that's what, that's just it, though. It's like, with the Pathfinder thing, where this will, like, all stem from is just that yeah. we all carry the torch. Everybody mm-hmm. does. It's all, it's like, we all own the community together, right? And then none of it has to be, like, it's not exclusive. You know, there's, there's no exclusivity in it. I don't own D&D, and I never will. Watsy doesn't even own D&D anymore, folks. Watsy doesn't own it. Hasbro doesn't own it. We, as the community, own D and D, and that's pretty awesome. Pretty yeah, as awesome. soon as you buy, as soon as you buy those books, the game is yours. Yep, hundred percent. Cool. They can't tell you what to do. All right, Troy, you're up next. Before we get I'm too long on the two. Next. That's too late. Too late. Okay, my next one, another Kickstarter. Uh, I have some of these products already, and that is the Dungeon Craft series of flat terrain doodads. I got these because these are perfect for convention play. Hmm. If you're if you're hauling a bunch of stuff, you know, if you if you have to fly somewhere to a convention or you're traveling a lot and you don't want to be weighed down with a bunch of stuff, Dungeon Craft, uh, 1985 games, Dungeon Craft has these awesome. I, I showed them once before, but they're in these box sets. I believe these are now books, but I got box sets. They're on you know cardstock. They're wet and dry erase coated. You cut out the different things, and you've got hallways and rooms and walls and fireplaces and carts and bushes and trees and and ladders and all kinds of stuff that you have your battle mat thrown out there. You just plop these things down, and you have scenery. Mm -hmm. You've got a map. You've got something that, you know, a little bit more to immerse the players than a bunch of scribbles on a Chessex battle mat. It just adds more to it. And they have decided to do a Kickstarter for two new terrain books, Fallen Kingdom and Jungles of Dread. Hmm. I can hear you. I can hear your mouse wheel rolling. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm skimming through. So one of the things that I really appreciate about these, these tile pieces, when they put them out, and, and I think I see them for a couple. I don't see them for all of them. Is whenever they die cut the some of the objects... In other shape, in shapes other than square, right? Mm-hmm. Trees without corners, if you know what I mean. So, like, I'm, I'm digging through this, and I see these for like some of the tents that they've got, and some of the new tr- the the new jungle trees they've got are not square, uh, and I appreciate that because I, I well, I'm I'm with you. Whenever I have like a, if I have terrain like flat terrain at a at a convention, first of all, you want to travel as light as you can, and if I could just mm-hmm. chuck out some treetops, some some stones, some ruins, and things like that. And in order to kind of make the set dressing a little bit more interesting than whatever it was that I put on on the map that I'd drawn out, I love that stuff. It doesn't have to always be three-dimensional Dwarven Forge, you know, $1,500 stuff. This is is good stuff, especially, to your point, especially for convention play. Oh, yeah. And not only do they have these cool little, you know, flat... And to your point, at least the the box sets that I have, I don't know if they've changed it for the books. Mm -hmm. They're not die-cut. You cut them out yourself. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So for for mine, cut them out, and then I I will seal 
the sides of them so that you know they don't so how heavy is the cardstock then this is not it's, like it's, it's nice it's, it is okay. it's a nice thing yeah wrong yeah it's, it's not just like you know heavy printer paper it's a it's a good good cardstock but they've also got minis yeah i saw that too that that's they're cool. listening with this yeah so yeah i'm i'm happy for for 1985 games i i, I like their stuff like i said i i actually bought i bought their their first box set at PAX Unplugged, mm-hmm. the, the, and I talked to the guy in their video. He was the one at the at the booth, and he just says, yep, here's what we've got, and here's what we do, and he showed me the, the display, and I'm like, all right, I'm sold. I, awesome. And I got their, uh, their last one, which was based around like Curse of Strahd, so it gives you those kinds of pieces. These are for Jungle, and they've actually got their representation for a lot of the stuff that was in tomb of annihilation oh nice so some of their those uh set pieces and rooms and things like that for the for that uh, adventure are in are in these yeah and i'm loving the stretch stretch goals too they've already unlocked uh additional cave terrain one and two they're working on Mm -hmm. three and then they're going to go into city squares then into a multi-level library love it town hall yes Airship Troy and Airship. Oh, oh man, no. they need to hit that two hundred twenty-five thousand mark. They've got, I think, as of this recording, we're sitting at twenty-four days to go with only a hundred eight hundred and eighty-six backers. It's crazy that they've made one hundred fifteen thousand off of eight hundred and eighty-six backers. Yeah. So if you get the word out there, um, I'm I'm gonna put my money into it because that's one of the things from for conven- convention play that I don't have enough of is enough mm-hmm. is a smaller piece set pieces not like full like big patchwork tiles but like i said trees buildings rocks that oh, kind yeah. of stuff uh so I'm, I'm definitely putting in for it um mm-hmm. and uh oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. they're double-sided i forgot to mention Ooh, that even better so when you cut them out they're, they're double duty so yeah i know i know one of the one of the sets i have you know has like the the interior of the building and then you have another that is the roof Yep, and these so, and for these these minis. Really sorry, really fast. One of these minis, the uh, the the croc, the Bora croc, is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna. I have a favorite. The Jungle Titan is oh yeah super oh, badass. Yeah. The the giant crab creature of mm-hmm. the jungle. I love that. That's that's, that's, that's some, the one that caught me too. Yeah, that's the thing that's like buried under a bunch of <clears throat> vines, moss, or like tr- like dead trees and things like that, and you're your uh your adventurers try to set up camp on it and as soon as they light the fire it uh engage right yeah yeah that's cool i love it the thing the thing is 90 millimeters tall yeah (laughs) yeah it's awesome Mm -hmm. yep i love it good one so yeah check them out yeah man uh, all right, so for me, my other smaller news bit that I've got is Roll20. Quick update for those out there still in the on t- online realm. Uh, on From July 9th to the 19th, their Nemic Lighting Unlocked Summer Camp. So for 10 days, anybody can use dynamic lighting in their campaigns. Anyone. No matter what your account is, free, plus, pro, whatever. Um, in addition, though, they're also releasing a DM Dave. That dude never sleeps, apparently. Holy moly. No, kidding. Running a DM uh, Dave 5E adventure with all the lighting set up. 
Roll 20. It's free. Free access. Also, free light source tokens by Moonlight Maps for all Plus and Pro subscribers. That's yeah. pretty awesome. I love getting those free tokens. But here's the thing. Oh, that yeah. I, the, I'll be the most excited about this because I'm a Pro subscriber, so the free lighting doesn't do anything for me, and that's fine. The tokens, those are great. The Adventure, though, by DM Dave is the Camp Clearwater Massacre. It's a slasher flick. Fifth edition <laughs> style. Troy and I, for, for, for some context, we had just been talking about the Halloween franchise, and I've been talking a lot with my friends lately about slasher flicks. I could not... I, I'm going to run this adventure. I don't give a crap. Like if it's, if, As long as the bones are good, I'm going to make this thing work because it's immediately put me in the mindset of running this thing. I'm so excited. Go ahead, Troy. You know what we ought to do? Mm. We ought to try and, and do this for a virtual weekend. Oh, that's a good idea. We ought, yeah, we ought to see when this comes out. We ought to see if Dave will uh, allow us. I mean, I'm sure he will. Sure. Yeah. Allow us to put this as a, a non-Adventurers League thing. I mean, it depends on how long right. the adventure is. But uh, Yes. Yeah, I would love that. Like, if you like, right. what, what kind of horror are we running? Slasher horror. Uh, see, I'll, right. I'll have to watch, like, I'll have to watch Nightmare on Elm Street and, and uh, like, all the classics. I'll have to watch all the, the classic. Uh, you have to watch films. all the. All the or uh, Friday the Thirteenth too, because mm-hmm. I mean that this is more of a Friday the Thirteenth than it is a Halloween. Cause, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, well, Halloween is well. the grandfather of all slasher flicks. But yeah, they all owe, owe homage. But uh, owe yeah, homage. that's uh, that's cool. Like, I mean, good for Roll Twenty. No, you don't have to pay a, yeah. a, a penny, and they're putting stuff out there into the community to keep people interested and to try things that are other than just Dungeons and Dragons on their platform. And they're 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 building relationships with other community members like DM Dave. Uh, they're giving more. They're making like making your making more bang for your buck as a pro and a plus subscriber, which is really important yeah. to me. They've been giving out the freebies every month. This last one was like I didn't really use any of it. It was like pixel art monsters and stuff like that which i think is really situational but uh this one's a good one and it's and it also it's kind of like the uh in world of warcraft where they'll do like a a free weekend where you can come in and play you know past level 20 or whatever to get more interest and bring people into the into the platform i think it's smart so good for roll 20 yes i agree yep all right troy give me your last one all right all right i'm excited about this one yeah man this this goes back and uh, warms my grognardial cockles, which that sounded way more yep. gross. I know what cockles are. It's fine. Yeah, I know. But the whole thing just kind of came out. Yeah. Anyway, are they girthy cockles? That's the cold open. <laughs> Bing. All right, go ahead. Bing. Well, let's go ahead and do your. Yeah, well, you're up. All right. This this is going back to the beginning of D anD. d Okay. DCC Dungeon Crawl Classics is kickstarting Dying Earth. Okay. Jack Vance's Dying Earth. Okay, so I am I'm ignorant to Dying Earth. Okay, Tell me ignorant. about Dying Earth. Dying Earth. Jack Vance was a was a very prolific uh, fantasy and science fiction author back in the day, and he was one of the most notable inspirations to Gary Gygax for some of the stuff in D&D. Okay. As a matter of fact, the magic system, which you've heard called Vancey and Magic. Vancey and Magic. Oh, yeah. It came from the Dying Earth series because 
it is a it is a far far future of our earth mm-hmm. magic and technology are almost one and the same okay and the spells are being forgotten like crazy there there's just so much powerful magic out there and the the earth or the, the sun has went red and is dying out so you know we don't have much time left and people are you know the 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 wizards and stuff are losing spells left and right and for whatever reason, you, the, the way you memorize and cast a spell is you have to, like, in the morning you get up, you look through your book, and you try to shove as many spell memorizations as you can in your head. Hmm. Then when you go out that day and you cast it, it it goes away. That's D&D, baby. That's D&D. And ah, this cool. is where it came from. And just a little little piece of trivia. Jack Vance, there, there, there is a, a fantastic villain in D&D that everybody knows that is an homage to Jack Vance. Okay. Vecna. Oh, really? Yes. yes. Hmm. Vance, Vecna. D&D lore. The more you know. D&D lore. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so this is, this is a box set coming out of Goodman Games for Dungeon Crawl Classics. They've uh, three books. They've got new character classes, new spells, new patrons, all of this stuff. Uh, six new adventures. And, John, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you have to back this. I do? Yes. You have to back. Uh, above anybody else, you have to back this. Something about Jack Vance, mm-hmm. he prolifically used large $25 words. <laughs> Make himself sound way, smarter than he than he is. That's well. That I was that was just it. He did it in a way that even though people would read through this stuff and be like, "I don't know what that word means," it wasn't like a smack in the face. Okay. It was it, so. Yeah, he, that was. Uh, I think Jack Vance kind of fed into Gary Gygax and produced, you know, Gygaxian writing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you this: so DCC RPG. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is that is that fifth, is that fifth edition or is that something nope, else? Nope, that is that is Dungeon Crawl Classics. It is homage to the old school. It's kind of like what like it's a, similar to like what an OSR type thing would be, but it's not. Okay, it it is it is like an homage to you know first edi- first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, it's also uh, the DCC system is known for their character funnels, where you randomly <laughs> create five ish. Three, three to five characters. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Like your character sheet is like this big, mm-hmm. and you take them all with you on an adventure. So everybody sitting at the table has three to five of these little cards. Interesting. Okay. And is it because they're that deadly, or is it because that's yes. just the, the name? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay. And the one that survives to the end is the character you then continue. So, so on. then this is like sword and sorcery vibe, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, gritty, it, it's, low it's fantasy, crazy, crazy mm-hmm. low low magic kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. But look, I, I, if nothing else, I, like I don't know, it, these cover the cover art for it. A lot of the artwork reminds me of John mm-hmm. Carter of Mars. Yes, kind of a feel to it, which oh, I am yeah, yeah. all yeah. about. John Carter of Mars, and man, like this makes me want to go and read those books now. Oh yeah, you should. 
Because um, once you started talking about Vancey and Magic, I was like, oh, yeah, Jack Vance. But I didn't know, I didn't understand, like, the, the tie to the Dying Earth stuff. Yeah. Which I'm sure there are more than enough of our listeners out there that are rolling their eyes at John because he's such a goober and doesn't know, you know, who Jack, but whatever, man. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested and I'm willing to read. So that's cool. Yeah. It, a couple, couple other things uh-huh. that are, they're kind of cool about this. Uh, see, I, I knew of the Vancey and all the connections of Jack Vance, but what I didn't know is that prismatic spray came from Jack Vance. Imprisonment came from Jack Vance. Evar's black tentacles came from Jack Vance. That's cool. So, yeah. And, and Guy, Gary Gygax also cited uh, Vance as the influence for the thief class back in the day. That's cool, you know. So there was there's so much D and D history in in the Dying Earth stuff that I want. I'm going to back this. I might not ever play it as a DCC mm-hmm. thing. I, DCC is cool. I've played it before. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I just wanted to read into like the interpretations and why the magic works the way it does, mm-hmm. and let's kind of get to the nitty gritty. It's kind of those well, the, one of the maybe the reason why we've been playing like traditional systems. Uh, you know, going through uh, OD&D and moving on mm-hmm. to AD&D and go- kind of going through the history of it. This almost f- feels like one of those things where you kind of need to experience it in order to really kind of get the whole... Like I was, you, I was yeah. too young to, to get on the, the original wagon. This is one of those things that kind of like will allow me to connect to that part of the history of the game. That's cool. Done. I'm sold. Yep. Uh, if nothing else, the names f- for these adventurers... The adventures they've got in here are freaking <laughs> awesome. The Black yeah. Obelisk, the Laughing Idol of Larshan, the Sorcerer's Tower of Sanguine Slant. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's, here's this one, though. Magnificent Machinations at the Grand Exposition. You weren't lying, man. <laughs> no, I was not. Uh, Mind Weft of the Moonstone Palace and then Penumbra of the Polar Ape. And I'm not going to lie. When I was reading through this... I had to have another window open where I would just be like, what does that word mean? <laughs> what does that word mean? Oh, what does that word mean? Oh my God. It, it took me back to when I was a kid, when I was a 10, 12 year old kid yep. reading the first edition player's handbook in DMG, because there's words in there that yeah. nobody ever used. That was Dragonlance for me. Whenever like, I didn't yeah. know what stern meant. I didn't know, or not stern. It was, uh, it was stoic. I, re- I remember the first time that I was reading a dragon, uh, reading Dragonlance, and I remember the first word that stumped me, and I got the family dictionary out, and it never left my side because it. I didn't want to depend on co- context clues. I wanted to know what that word meant, and I fa- fell in love, love with words immediately after that. So that's really yeah. interesting. I actually, I actually got checked off on a on a like a book report or a, a an essay or something that we were mm-hmm. supposed to write for school because I used the word eldritch. Oh. And the teacher marked me off because she said that was not a word. I, I that went, happened to me too. Minions. My teacher did not know what. What? Yes. Yes. I, I was lived. I had like a, I was. My elementary school was like in Podunk, Arkansas, and I got like that's not a word. Find another word for him. Like I don't know another word. Lackey. I don't, like I was and that was in like fourth grade, I think. And I knew I'd used the word minions and gotten not even get into trouble for it, but I they forced my teacher forced me to to put another word in there because they didn't think it was a real word. That's funny. Yeah, I, I actually that was the first time I brought my D and D books to school was mm-hmm. to prove her wrong. Oh, right on. Take that teacher. It's like, well, if it's not a word, why is it in this book? Taking you to school 
fool. Right on. All right. Well, let's. Uh, that okay. So like seriously, sold. That's happening. Uh, let me. Okay. So the last one we'll uh, we'll we'll finish up with is this is a big one. Holy crap! Yes, it's, yeah. Uh, holy moly! Uh, so the dungeon dudes have uh, it's uh, Monty Martin and uh, Kelly McLaughlin yep. have put together a fifth edition campaign for characters level one through thirteen. Uh, design, designed by them, it is called uh, Drakenheim. The yeah, Dungeons of Draken, Drakenheim. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the elephant in the room. This is the first Kickstarter that they've ever done. They've got 4,400 backers. People, half a million dollars as of this recording. And they've got 30, minute, 30, uh, 30 days to go. 30 days. 30 days to go. They funded in five minutes. $20,000 in five minutes. Dungeon dudes, don't take this personally. I could not be happier for you, but you suck so much. <laughs> <laughs> we hate you. You hate you. Haters gonna hate. So haters gonna hate. The, and... the hate train is on. Okay. Oh, but man, because I, I knew this was coming. Yeah, I, I had seen little little, little blurbs and bits. I do. I watch Dungeon Dudes every once in a while. I'll, I'll check them out and see what they got going on. They've got. They've always got great stuff. I've never watched anything of theirs, and I was like, oh, that was hot garbage. Hmm. I've, there's always a nugget, at least a nugget that you can go. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try that in my next game. Mm-hmm. But man, I did not see funded in five minutes, dude, or half a million dollars with thirty dude, days to go coming. I, mean, I, I knew they were gonna do well. Yeah, but whoa, dude they they galvanized their viewership one hundred percent on this. Um, yeah, okay. now, 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 let me let's say this. Let's talk about the actual product itself, okay? Um, so, like I said, it's levels one through thirteen adventure or campaign, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the basics are: fifteen years ago, Drakenheim is a city, and it was destroyed yep. by an eldritch storm of falling stars. The city is now a dismal urban uh, wasteland, contaminated by otherworldly magic and haunted by hideous monsters. Fantastic wealth, lost knowledge, and powerful artifacts lie ready for the taking by adventurers brave or foolish enough to venture into the ruins. So there's like some political intrigue of factions that are trying to earn, like control the different parts of Drakenheim. There are some monsters that have been, or mutations that have been created by this eldritch, these eldritch uh, uh, artifacts or these uh, fragments of those fallen stars. You can, so you can explore 20 different urban locations set in haunted streets, decrepit sewers, shattered mage towers, Baroque the cathedrals, ancient castles, etc., etc. Dozens of new monsters. Open-ended fashion, right? So it's very sandboxy, the way that the, can, the campaign uh, runs. they got new spells, new magical items. Let's see, the five different factions that you've got to face off against <clears throat> to defi- decide the fate of Drakenheim. And, yeah, this thing is killing it now look th- what it feels like to me and i immediately thought of as an old, old school gamer <clears throat> i hate to say this is old school but it probably is it feels like a little bit like for anybody out there that's familiar with it the command and conquer series command for those that have are not familiar with it it's very similar in the not too distant future the earth is pelted with some asteroids that start growing stuff out of them this crystalline substance called tiberium and uh, they use Tiberium to 
power thing as a, a, an energy source, but it also mutates things <clears throat> that are nearby. There's a cult that's the, devoted to Tiberium that faces off against kind of like the Global Defense Initiative or GDI, it's essentially like the Allies. There's a lot of those vibes that are that feel like Command and Conquer. Now, I say all that to say this. I love Command and Conquer, so I like this idea. Even if it's, to me, it's very... It's a it's a copy to whether intentional or not. I'm not trying to say that they're they that it's a hack job, but I like that that vibe and that genre. I really I really dug that series. So uh, looking at it, I think it's like fifty bucks, fifty five dollars for the book, physical copy, PDF, and a fabric map of the city of Drakenheim. That yeah. is cool, right? Yeah. So like they've got holy moly, they got stuffed animals, they got pins and minis and they dice. Some- and- Delirium so decks. much stuff. That's the the, the yeah yeah. Encounter decks, contamination decks mm-hmm. to to give to your players. You know something that we always that we always harp on when we do these news news bits is the artwork. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No lie. That is the uh, the appropriate ex- uh, expletive for this. Yep. You know we always talk about how you know. The artwork in, in this in this product it's good, but it doesn't you know it's not Watsy standard, but it's 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 solid. Uh, Watsy, yeah, pay attention. You better watch out. You better pay attention. You better watch out because yep. uh, dungeon dudes are not holding back. The art is fantastic. They've got minis. The minis look amazing, and watch the video on the page yeah i was just sitting there talking about how great the presentation was for for one of these kickstarters this presentation is stellar the video is ridiculous um they've sunk it's a good thing that they made 50 500 off this thing because who knows how much they ended up sinking into art assets and getting the right people working on this stuff so good for them if nothing else it's it looks good and it re- it's, it's a beautiful product, yeah, and it reads really, really well. There's just a lot of really good it, stuff in this. I w- I will say if if the the finished product, the adventure, the campaign, the all the monsters, everything else, if all of that stuff is only half as good mm-hmm. as how it looks, it's money well spent. Yep, agreed. At, at whatever level you back this, money well spent because I'm a PDF guy. I like to do PDFs. I'm considering jumping in a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Yep. In, yeah, so. Yeah, I've got a solid two Kickstarters that I'm backing. This is one of them. It was this one. Uh, you you sold me on Dying Earth. I'm actually probably going to end up picking up the Incantations of the Met, uh, by, or Incantations by Metal mm-hmm. Weave. or really like that. And then I already did say I was going to get Dungeon Craft Series 3. I'm yep. broke. Oh yeah, is what Dig- I'm saying. Dungeon craft, Dungeon craft stuff is always, but yeah, the, uh, but we're talking about Dungeon Dudes. Dungeon yeah, yeah, Dudes. Uh, yeah, golf clap for real. Yep. Man, fan freaking tastic. For those of you listening, if if you're not jumping on it, I I just don't know who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we have really beaten the drum tonight. I think we're an hour in on this on this news almost. Almost an hour. All right, Troy. I think uh, I think we pretty much we've gilded the lily on this. This is a huge block of news. And I we have a, a lot of lilies. 
We got a lot of lilies, that's for sure. Uh, I have a feeling that our episode, if we combine this with the other one, the actual, the like the main course is going to be like two hours long. So mm-hmm. we're entering into what? critical role territory of that expansive block of epicness. Of, of epicness. All right, so uh, I'm um, I'm a little parched. What what say yeah, just, what say we do a, a do drink. the drink? Need a drink? I need I could, a drink. I have a feeling you could use a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. And we are back. (gasps) Hey. Hey, everybody. Hello. And uh, I don't know, was Zach here earlier? I don't know. Was he? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Because he's not here now. Slack Zach's away. When this was Slack Zach, Zach Slack. Slack. When it, when the Zach's away, the goobers will play. I guess I don't know. I, I spoke, the yeah. The A the A cups. <laughs> we are the A cups. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Well, uh, we've got. Um, we, yeah, this the, is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah uh, about it. because folks, John has struck again. Oh, I didn't want to. Uh, he's he's been around Zach for too long. I think mm-hmm. is what's going on. Mm-hmm. John TPK'd his group again. The devil made me do it. That's what I used to say whenever I was a kid and I get into trouble. The devil made me do it. The, the devil made me do it. <laughs> I didn't. Do, it wasn't on purpose. I swear. So so this is your your uh, your. Rhyme of the Frost Maiden in Dragonlance. Yes, Dragons of Eternal Rhyme. Dragons of Eternal Rhyme. Mm-hmm. Um, what level? What level is everybody? Was everybody? Uh, they are five. Fifth level. Fifth okay, level, level, level five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. <laughs> you bastard. I am. Uh, yes. So will, yeah. Ha- have they been having a rough time of it leading up to this? I mean, uh... Uh, maybe they've had like tough fights. We talked okay. a little. We know we talked before about defeat, and one of the things that happened yeah. in the the in the session prior to this one was like that that acrid taste of not getting what you want. Right, the the MacGuffin was in their hands. The horn was there, and then the bad guys came in like Belloc in Indiana Jones and the um, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And snatched it up from them, and they're like, "Oh, it was terrible." And then next session, just brap, hit them while they were down. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, farty fart sound. Insert here as soon as they they all dropped. <laughs> that was the one. I was thinking that was more like you know the the squishing the the bug underfoot sound, not the not the. They're farty all the same. Sound. They're all the they're same because they got squished. That is for sure. Yeah. They mean entirely I, different things, though, when you use them. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the last, the the only time, like I haven't done this. We've talked about this before. I'm not like a out to to get my players and try to TPK them. If they do something dumb, I'm not going to stop them from doing something dumb. I may, it's it's like the uh, the Colville lead them away from it by other means if I can. But if they're hell bent on doing something stupid then i'm gonna let them fall into the 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 pit of acid or the vat of acid or whatever or get eaten by a platinum dragon or whatever well you could only ask are you sure that's what you want to do so many times before it's like yes all right just yeah i will and i will do that when 
well, like a really very brief. The last time we talked about this, whenever is whenever Zach was playing in one of my games, and one of our players decided Leroy Jenkins, and I go, and what I did was exactly that. I repeated it. So just want to make sure that I understand. You want to do X Y Z, and that was it. As flat as that. I'm not. I'm not, le- not going to lead them. Right. I was like, do you know what you're doing? Yes. You're sure committing. Excellent. Okay, here we go. And winding and up. Goes the chainsaw, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So, so yeah, I, go ahead. So lead us in. I want to know. Uh, so they, they got uh, D McGuffined last session. Mm-hmm. They're rolling in. And where were they going? In, in, okay, in so, yeah. Spoiler alert. So yeah, out, spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert. If you have not played but intend to play Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. It's not exactly the same. There are actually quite a few differences that are in there, but like the main hooks are going to be in there. Um, so what's that? Listen to you. Craig. Uh, that is a personal yeah, challenge. Yeah. <laughs> he, he takes when the DM asks, do you really want to do that as a personal challenge? Uh, oh, 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 really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I right, do. Right, so, so yeah, but yeah. So uh, yeah, so spoiler, spoiler territory at this point. There's like a good... 30 to 40% of the adventure is still in there for everything. Everything else is, is all me, right? Uh, so they were leaving. They were at the Jarlmoot, far west of the Ten Towns. Uh, and they were uncovering information about the the old High Ogre, um, uh, like the Irda, who were like some of the original uh, races of Kryn. And they're, they had enslaved the giants, and the giants would hold the Jarlmoot out there. Uh, and they would uh, have meetings and stuff like that anyway. So they found the horn. Horn got snatched up. Bad guys leave. Whenever they go back to their their oxen and their cart, they'd converted it into like a, like a sled cart kind of thing. Uh, it was gone. It had been taken by the bad guys. So, I mean, surprise, surprise. And so I gave them the option. I said, which direction? Where, where, where do you want to go? Do you want to head straight back to Bremen, which is the, the closest town that that uh, that is this far west? Or what? Well, yeah, we'll start heading that way. So they start heading that way. And then, but I'm like, I make it immediately very painfully apparent, though. It's hard to hide cart tracks. It's like, you know, you can still see the cart tracks over here if you wanted to follow them. And I just left it like that. Well, yeah, yeah, let's, we got to get our cart back. You know, there's old, old Bessie and, and Doc, our, our oxen. We got to get those. Okay, cool. So, um, so they go on, they, they, they were on the hunt uh, for, the bad guys, right? Which were uh, players, you better not be listening. My players better not be listening. Uh, Draconians, right? And they had they were all cloaked and hidden and stuff like that. There was like a, a Sivak or a, a Kapok and four Boz Draconians. Head east, and then they start veering south, which is where Sunblight is. Because the, the Draconians are in cahoots with the Thaywar or the Dark Iron, the Dark Dwarves, whatever. Anyway, so long story short, they end up going to what's in the the book referred to as the Black Cabin. And so for anybody that knows about the Black Cabin, you know, I'm, it's very this dramatic intro. It's completely shadowed in dark, uh, uh, cloaked in shadow and darkness. And uh, the Minotaur in the group couldn't see at all. And they didn't want to use a torch, blah, 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 blah. But they go into the woods. They find this cabin on stilts. Um, that's elevated 20 feet up and there's an outhouse next to it that they look in and there are uh, reams, reefs of paper with schematics and stuff like that on it. And so kind of starting to like give them a clue that there's something mechanical about this next bit that we're going to go into. That's a very they strange find... form of toilet paper. 
It is. Well, so there's a Tinker Gnome, right, from Mount Nevermind that had come down here and was doing similar kind of stuff, trying to find like old uh, high ogre technology and magic and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but he was creating a device, which we'll get into in a second, creating a device. And these were like old plans, like failed attempts or okay. first drafts, first 15,000 drafts or whatever, because he's no mission. It's 15,000 drafts at least. Um, so they find this being used as toilet paper. And we have a, I have an artificer gnome in, in my group who's like super jazzed about this. I'm like, this is my jam. This is my adventure. I'm super excited about it. Um, uh, and so I'm starting to give them like a breadcrumb trail about what's going on here. They find the cart, they find the oxen. And I'm like, do you guys want to go ahead and bolt? Nope. We want to investigate the cabin. Okay. So they go up into the cabin. I almost killed my, the dwarf. Uh, who leapt across the, there's like a catwalk at the front. He leapt across it and the rotted wood gave way. And there's just a gorge that's 120 feet down that he would have plummeted to his death. Um, but the the wizard, the the tower mage, uh, cast Featherfall and then he floated back over. I let him float back over to the, the top instead of saying, you floated all the way down to the bottom and now you're going to climb all the way back up. That's boring. So anyway, so they smash the window in, they go inside. It's a long setup. I'm sorry. Go inside. <laughs> we wouldn't, <laughs> have, really we wouldn't have expected anything else. <clears throat> I really am trying. I swear to God. Uh, so they go inside and they look around. So this is the important part. Uh, when they go inside, they see scorch marks. And I had even given them an indicator prior that when they first were on the, the outside of the forested area, there was like this flash poof, 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 that came from inside of the forest that lit everything up. And you could just see the silhouettes of trees and all that good stuff. So something happened as they were going in. Well, they go in in this the main area, the main room of the cabin, this first room. Uh, there's a fireplace. There's a skeleton of a, a gnome skeleton on the floor in front of the fireplace, and an object has rolled has come out of its hand. It's right next to its hand, uh, but it's it's covered in ash and debris. And then there are two piles of ashes next to that, which they know is probably a draconian had died here. They'd pick, they'd pick that, uh, that up that much up at least so far. So they go in and they start looking around and scanning. <clears throat> and then the Minotaur says, I take a look at the, I take a look at the object. I'm like, well, you can see like a little bit, like a, a flank, faint glint of like really dull metal. At least has some polish left to it uh, with a torchlight that they, that they lit up. Um, and he goes, okay, I'm going to go down. I'll, I'll reach down and grab it and take a look at it. Like okay, so you're gonna you're, you reach down to grab the object that's covered in the stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like pause. I'm waiting for anybody to say anything. Nope. And three, two. Okay, cool. All right, so you pick it up, and when you do, and I'm like, I go into Matrix bullet time at this point. Like I'm trying very like to to kind of like project. I'm trying to slow it down enough to where they could they can stop it if they wanted to, right? And I go. Um, yeah, so like the, the object that you hold up is three, has th two rings and it's like a gyroscope and in the center of the gyroscope, uh, with a connecting rod is a, um, like a almost looks like a lump of like glassy coal. And as soon as you pick it up, it begins to spin and rotate like a gyroscope does. And then the object that's in the center begins to glow and glow and glow and glow. I'm waiting, 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 nothing. Okay, and then it erupts in a cascade of searing radiant energy. Everyone give me a constitution save, please. No one rolled over an eight. Oh. 
The mage rolled a one. The dwarf rolled a total of four. The minotaur was the one that rolled the eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they end up. Uh, I then I end up rolling. I think it was ten d. Uh, like no, it was fourteen d ten. Is what I end up rolling radiant damage. Oh. 95 points of radiant oh. damage to everybody, and they take all of it. So they're disintegrated. All of them. Save, save's done. No, no multiple failed states or anything like that at all. And uh, hello, everybody. Look at this. Oh, it's a raid. It's a ra- raid. <laughs> raid. And they're gone. Okay, cool. And, um, and they're gone. So, uh, they end up, they're, they're completely, th- that's it. And it sucked all of the air out of the virtual room. You think? I was like, yeah. And I, 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 I did not, unfortunately, I did not have my, uh, my, I didn't have, I had my camera up, but I didn't have their camera up to see their, their, the expressions, but I could hear like, uh, <laughs> from at least two or three of them. <laughs> and so. That's essentially that's the 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 long and short of how it how it came to be. I did, I swear, I did get like I tried to telegraph and breadcrumb trail the whole thing, but it was like Minotaur walks in, hmm, look at that, pick it up, and it blew up like a grenade in their hands. So okay, so, so, yeah, so go ahead. So hit you're me. you're trying to telegraph it, everything. Uh, I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? When you go into that point, that part of exposition, and you're, and you're like doing the bullet time, and you're slowing everything down, is it almost like a a red herring to the group, where they think, "Oh, we need to lean in and listen to what he's saying to find out," mm-hmm. and that's why maybe no one jumped, kind of a thing. I mean, maybe. Maybe I mean, cause I can be pretty descriptive. So sometimes I'll do the, the Robert Jordan take three pages to describe the leaves on a tree. Obviously yeah. that happens from time to time. But in this instance, I even told the Minotaur that like your hand begins to heat up and you can kind of start to see, feel this like searing energy. And he's like, and he doesn't, doesn't say anything. I, I think to your point, they're probably just waiting for like, well, what happens next? Mm-hmm. What happens next in their heads? And I asked them afterward. I'm like, so why did you got like I, my my buddy Brandon? I'm like, well, why did you hang on to it? And he's like, well, I didn't know what it was gonna do. <laughs> it's like, well, you know now for sure, right? But he just he stood there like I think they didn't know exactly what. That's either they wanted to figure out what was gonna happen next, or it's it's doing something. We can't stop it, obviously. And dropping it, maybe maybe they thought maybe dropping it wasn't gonna do anything. I'm not really entirely sure yeah. like what the the, mm-hmm. the player psychology was behind that. So so what what did you expect? What did you think was gonna happen when they walked in the cabin? What 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 I was your like? More in, okay. Up until this, yeah. Go ahead. No, you ask your ask the question. You know, it's like you, you know, because like you you always think as a DM, you always think, well, I'm gonna set this up. Mm-hmm. And this is this is how they're going to go. They're going to go here. They're going to check this. You're going to do that. Um, and that obviously didn't happen at all. So what what was it you thought or maybe hoped was mm-hmm. going to happen? Well, I had I felt like 
that they knew the numbers, first of all. Even if they'd seen, if they didn't know that, they, they knew that the skeleton was gnomish. Mm-hmm. And they knew that the five baddies that they had dealt with at the Jarlmoot were human-sized. They, they metagame knew that they were draconians based on the descriptions I'd given where they were cloaked and they had their bodies were wrapped in bandages and all that kind of stuff, hiding their, their, uh, their scales or whatever. So you think I, I felt like they, well, I knew that they knew. And then, um, I thought for sure there was going to be like a crime scene because they would see like, there's two draconians here that died. There's a, a gnome that's dead. Okay. But there are three other bad guys around somewhere. They put their, they like guard down and started like, I was, I was sure would have thought they would have done like a room by room to see if there were any bad guys in there. I had told them that it was quiet and it was dark, but most of the time, if my players go into something like that, they expect an ambush. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Um, the gnome didn't get to the device first, my, my artificer. And I'm like, I thought for sure that he would have beelined straight for it. And I'd like, there's no way they're going to just touch it and pick it up. He's going to want to take a look at it. Or br- like, I thought for sure, like I, it was ash, not stone, not encased in amber. So I'm thinking they'll blow on the ash and they'll, the ash will come off. And then we can start talking about like, you'd already seen the schematic that was out in the outhouse. And then it like, you can see like, this is essentially like the evolution of that. This is a pretty close state to what you had seen it kind of progress towards. This is you can tell this is like the later design and all that. And so I thought it was going to be like a crime scene is what I thought. And then the Minotaur came in like a friggin' well, like a bull. And they picked up the, uh, pick and no one said anything. That's what, that's what killed me. He's like, nobody said anything. <laughs> nobody. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Not that's even awesome. the, not even the wizard. I thought, the, I thought, I thought the wizard, which is being played by my son and he's, he knows he's lives with me. So he knows not to trust me ever, and that everything is That's a trap. Mm-hmm. Everything is a trap. So I, I like. Now look, let me say this though. I had a feeling that it could go that way. So, okay. like, thank Reorks or Paladine or whatever. Thank goodness. Uh, I had kind of I had a tangent plan. Okay. Oh, in case so, all all went wrong. So so you. You expected A, mm-hmm. but wasn't ruling out Z. Mm-mm. So, what you got in your pocket? How how are you going to figure? Is the campaign done? Are you guys going to start? Uh, oh no, no. Okay. So yeah, how are we going? How are we going to fix it? Yeah, against my players, go away. This is spo- super spoiler uh, territory. Uh, so I had a feeling. Okay, so the the black cabin. This is a part of the setup. The, the MacGuffin that's in the Black Cabin is this device that the gnome, or it was well, not a gnome, it was somebody else, but this gnome was, well, it was a gnome actually, it, uh, the gnome was building that was going to reverse the, the effect of the, of the Eternal Rhyme, or at least in some, some capacity. Uh, uh, and that's what they were working on. And it failed, they ended up getting killed by it, and then the bad guys came in, or maybe the bad guys had come in to try to take it from him, or whatever, right? Um... But in the book, that damage that's in the book is what I applied straight up. So I kind of liked the idea of that because it felt very old school to me of like an instant death thing. That's something that's pretty friggin' old school. And I've got players, at least my son's the, like the single exception 
that have all played mm-hmm. in that kind of a game, old school game before where it's like, yeah, that happens sometimes. So none of them were mad at all. No one was upset or anything like that. They were just like, wow, game over, man. Game over. And I'm like, <laughs> like oh. Somebody <laughs> nuked it from orbit. That's the only way to be sure. <laughs> no, my son, I could tell I could I could tell with him that he was just like he got really quiet and he's usually just like me, he's talks too much. But I could tell that he was like he was struggling with it. It's like, all right, I have to be a big kid. I have to be an adult about this because no one else is freaking out. But I talked to him afterwards and I was like, So what'd you think, buddy? And he goes, I was so mad at you. I was so mad at you. I didn't I wasn't gonna be able to look at you. I was gonna be able to look at you the, uh, when you came downstairs. So he was so upset, but he was holding it all together. Bless him. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I knew that that was a possibility, right? I I, I will plan and, and when I plan for like worst case scenarios, it's just like the seed of it. I don't have it all fleshed out. I don't know it all for sure. I could, but I've got like enough to be like, well, if this happens, I could probably do this, mm-hmm. right? And there's some stuff that's some 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 stuff that's in the book. To where it's it can kind of and almost you're supposed to kill at least like one player in the book, but I didn't. I had no intention of killing any players whenever they went in there. But it was like I would hope not because that nobody would want to play with you ever again. Characters, oh, uh, characters. <clears throat> yes, thank you. Characters, mm, Freudian slip. Mm. Watch out, players. Friday night game, Dexter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, yeah. So what was the what was the what was the alternative plan? It was Ghost Walk. It was a ghost walk campaign, not a campaign, but a co- ghost walk section. So they're all dead. And so whenever that happened, I said, okay, look, what I did also is I, it actually worked out so much. I think it's going to work out in my favor so much because one of the things about running this game is that it's, I've been, tr- because, because we're not in the middle of like fighting dragons and people have lances and you don't have like dark queen, ha 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 laughing or like draconians aren't everywhere and blah, 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 all this other stuff that. I've had struggle with like making it feel Dragonlancey because they're all in ice reach and it's all cold and that's not something that's like really focused on in the books. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it now because what ends up happening is whenever they all died, the River of Souls is a, a part of the the life death cycle in Kryn where souls come in to the into the sphere of Kryn and then they all leave Kryn. It's all it's all like a a transitional point in a plane right these okay. uh, and the river of souls is what allows all the they all the souls get funneled and like the stream goes in one direction and so whenever they all died i got to like okay whoa 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 everybody relax so when you kind of come to um you see this stream of energy like everything is this luminescent bluish purple gray like things don't look the same way you can't smell anything now so that's kind of like funky rotted wood and the ozone smell that you'd smelled from the device going off all that's gone it's like this dead dead senses um and so i described to them like the river of souls and you can see souls going through and then you kind of feel yourself getting pulled towards it and getting picked up into the stream like well because that should be the end of the the game for them uh, as they go into the, the soul the river and then they get popped out wherever well, the device has tethered them. And so, like, when they get pulled up, they get, like, it's like it being <laughs> rope tied around their, their waist, yoink, and now they're here, and they can't escape. So, like, in this space, the black cabin, within a certain, I'm going to say probably, like, 
80 feet of it. So they could they can go walk around and investigate more. And it's kind of what it does now is it allows them to push pause. And now they really start to think. But they're ghosts, right? So how do they affect the prime material? Well, one other thing that I thought about too is the two draconians that died. This happened to them too. What they don't know yet is that they are in the cabin and they're they're hiding there. They knew they saw they saw them also. So they can see, you know, as a ghost, you can still see what's going on inside of the cabin, the people that walk around, the living and all that good stuff. And you can influence it slightly. Like you can write in the snow or the ash or something like that. So those draconians are still in there doing their business too. So we'll be able to continue it forward by them trying to figure out how can we use the device to bring us all back effectively. Okay. I, yeah. I can dig that. So where are the other three bad guys? Two, uh, so sorry, three, right? You said yeah. three. Uh, one of them took the book that the gnome had that described the, de- the device, and they left with it. And the other two were trying to take, like he 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 was like outside of the the sphere of influence of this where the device when the device went off. It's only like a ten foot radius, but they were all right on top of it whenever they went out when the players got whacked with it. So whenever his two minions bit the dust figuratively and literally, he bolted with the book. And he's going to take it to the to the boss, right? Whereas the other two, those two are now ghosts in the cabin that they're that the other players, the characters are going to end up having to contend with. They're going to wrestle for control over the device and try and like all that good stuff. Okay, that's kind of, that's pretty cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. And so, are you are you worried about having the device be able to bring them back? is being seen as a gimme. Right. Uh, I would, you would think that maybe, but I think that I came like, it was immediate. I didn't even, I didn't even skip a beat. So it almost felt like it was like planned. Right. But it Mm -hmm. wasn't planned. I didn't, it was, it is the alternative, it's the possibility, but it's not what I thought was going to end up happening kind of thing. Right. So I made sure that whenever it, when it went, when they all died, that I was equally shocked that all of them died. I thought for sure, like maybe one or two of them would, would get bit. And then there could be like some kind of like interplay between the living ones and the dead ones, maybe, or something mm-hmm. like that. That did not happen. Everybody ate a bit at the same time. Uh, so I think that me transitioning into describing what was going on and saying, and that's where we're going to leave it for the, uh, the rest of this, for the, for this session. And we'll pick up next week. And because they were all, and of course now they're like, Oh, well, are we dead? That's a good question. Yes, you're totally dead. <laughs> well, then how are we going to get out of this? That's a tale for another time. Next Friday, I'll see you there. Kind of thing, right? So it's a good cliffhanger. I felt it, it it worked out. It really did. It was it was not expected, but it worked out in the end because I did my best to to think about the inevitability of something like that happening and then being able to I knew enough about the lore of and the mythology of Kryn and Dragonlance and stuff like that to kind of like to riff off of it and make it work. Um, but I also did my best not to flinch whenever it happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I think that's one thing that happened with Zach's group that as the DM, I was like mouth on the jaw on the floor with everybody else going that I couldn't, I couldn't recover from it. It was like, it was total shock. John didn't see this coming. So if John says, well, I don't know how, like, yeah, you're all dead. I couldn't, I couldn't, I could could, I didn't, I couldn't, or I didn't say, and then, and then I'll see you guys next week and then pull something out of my keister over the next week to make it work out. 
you know, like talk to one of the, one of the players maybe and try to work out a deal or, or try to figure out something else. I didn't do that at all with that one. So like my poker face was totally ruined in that direction. <laughs> I think that was part of it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's like the way you describe it is very much like, and I, and I, I believe I told this story before it wasn't a TBK. It was a single player, uh, failing death saves. Mm-hmm. Well, he only had one left because the guy double tapped him because he's a jerk. But, uh, and I was, you know, he, he kind of did it to himself. And as he's rolling death saves, you know, I'm not going to, he's unconscious. He's laying there and nobody else can see him. All the rest of, he went off solo to take, take on the leader of the, of the bad guys. Everybody else is too far away and around the corner can't see mm-hmm. anything he gets dropped so it's like okay you uh keep keep doing death saves kind of a thing and in my head i'm like well either somebody's gonna come around the corner because they can't not metagame in that kind of a situation i think mm-hmm. or he'll roll something and he'll be fine and on this next round I'll have one of the NPCs, a specific NPC uh, that's creeping about, see all this happen, and this particular NPC would be perfect to administer healing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of knew, I kind of already had something in my pocket, and it mm-hmm. was like, boom, rolled a one on his third death save, on his, you know, it was like to make or break. You're, you're down two. I'm double dead. <laughs> yeah, you're down two. Roll that. Oh, he rolls a one. Oh, okay. Uh, and what are you doing? And he's like, and he just sitting there like, uh, <laughs> and everybody else is kind of, oh crap. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? Well, I guess I'm attacking the bad guy. It's like, okay, go ahead and make your attack. And it's like, come back around. And now she, oh, never mind. And <laughs> it just kept on going. <laughs> so it's like, but he was, the, the player was kind of, I don't know if it was kind of like such a shock that he died or his character, his character died. And maybe, you know, it was a little like, oh man, that it really sucks. And he was, he, so he was like, yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with being dead. That's fine. And so I was like, well, do you, do you not want to play this character anymore? Because something is something else is going on. But if you don't want to play this character anymore, mm-hmm. we can we can say that if that's what you want to do. And it was I don't want to DM freebie. I don't want a mulligan. It's like right. No, I'm not giving you a mulligan. I'm giving you the opportunity to take control of this character's story arc. If you want it to end right now, it can happen. If you don't. That's fine because there's things going on that you don't know. Mm-hmm. So he finally, after after cooling down, it was like, well, as long as it's not a mulligan, it's not a mulligan. It's like right. okay, well, I'll let you take, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, and I did, I did, uh, I, I like that you did that because that was part of what I think. Maybe that was another thing that made them feel better about it and why they didn't get incensed by the TPK. I mean, I got pretty mature pl- players. I'm not worried about that. And these are friends since high school. 
So I don't expect that at all. And I've somehow or another, I've developed a reputation for killing everybody, but I don't kill people very often in my, in my That's games. That's Zach. That's Zach. Totally Zach, 100%. But my, my players, they joke all the time about how ruthless I am because my my monsters will try to kill them. Like, they don't, they don't mess around, right? Mm-hmm. So... But I, I don't go out of my way to try to kill everybody. I may make one person an example every once in a while. Maybe that's why I've gotten that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I put the you, fear of God in them. <laughs> you are my example. Yeah, Craig Craig brings something up where you're you're panicking. The DM is panicking mm-hmm. more than the players are because you yeah. know what they're up against. Right. And they survive because they've gotten lucky. See, that right there is why I don't use a DM screen. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I get that. Yeah, I... I'm not. I'm not saying. You know. I'm just saying. I love how the dice are pushing the story in that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's it's getting down to the, w- the wire. We're we're biting nails, all this stuff, and somebody remembers something obscure on their character sheet or something. Well, I guess I'll try, even though you know the wizard's like, you know, I'll try to pick up this bow and arrow and shoot something or do something or whatever it might be and they roll that nat 20 or something mm-hmm. and everything turns and to yeah. me if you if you're not letting the dice roll and land as they may you never get that oh man we were close mm-hmm. it's really rare like we're talking about once in a blue moon where i'll actually end up fudging dice in a player's favor Sometimes I'll fudge because I'm rolling garbage and it's going to end up being a really boring fight mm-hmm. if I don't do something. But it's but again, it's very rare. I just like having it there as a just in case type a thing. It's net. not a. It is a safety net. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I'm, I don't apologize for it at all. No, I totally no. get where you're coming from because we talked about it before. Whenever I did the cabin trip last year, mm-hmm. and how like I just like pummeled Dave and got it again, man. He got it again, and so like, and it it was good though. It worked. It worked out, and the it was to you know it's it was something that we're still talking about a year later. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Craig. Yeah, the nat twenty on the de- and those pop oh, up baby. when those pop up. It's just like, <gasps> oh, I had that happen at my last um my last House of Lament game at the last mm. week, uh, virtual weekend, and it, it it was one of those where oh crap. Everything is going very, very wrong. The tank just dropped. Now what? And then on the at the on their turn, the tank's turn. Nat Nat twenty. Oh man, it was like <laughs> it's it's like Michael Myers sitting up yeah. <laughs> from the from the dead. Yeah. Oh, it was it was awesome. It was really good. I, I do I love those, and I think that mechanic is so is so good. I'm so glad that we have that mechanic in there where they instantly gain that that one hit point. It, it creates so much awesome, exciting drama mm-hmm. from doing that. As does the Nat 1. As does As the Nat do, 1. You go, uh-oh. Yeah, I'm like Craig's up, up here just firing off in the in the chat. Yes, yep. play, players think we have everything planned out. That is that is the sign of a good DM when your players think you have everything planned out. Mm-hmm. In, and I actually use this analogy at work. The other day, for something that a, that, a, that a guest said to me, I was like, "Yeah, I operate like a duck," and she was like, "Oh yeah, a duck." I'm like, "Yeah, you see me on the water. I'm just just smooth sailing all around that mm-hmm. pond. But if you look underneath the the water, my legs are just going like this." That's it. And she's man. like, "Well, you never you never could tell." It's like, 
that's that's exactly right. And that's the sign of a good DM. When when your feet are flapping like crazy to to keep moving, but you look like you're just cool as a cucumber. And yep, I will add or subtract hit points um from my monsters quite a bit. That's a nice as uh yep. Sly Flourish, Flourish likes to say that's the easiest dial to turn. And you can yes. turn it while combat's going on. So and I definitely honestly, do that. It's legit, right? Because if let's say that you were if you were to roll, you still have a a spectrum mm-hmm. of hit points for every single monster. What I will usually not do is I won't go over the max, but I'll definitely go up to the max for sure. Like without I don't even, I don't even flinch about that one. I Some will, monsters are gonna be tougher than others. Yeah, I will go over the max for like if this is the big of this mm. of this encounter. If this is the if this is the boss. Yes, I'll 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 make this this one beefy or i might add a damage die to their damage rolls or Mm -hmm. even yeah even though this monster traditionally in the monster manual only gets one attack nope this is the boss he gets two or i'll add for the for the single big baddie oh they're getting legendary actions all day long or at least a legendary at least a single legendary legendary resistance yes at least that's one of those things where I know that we beat the crap out of fourth edition quite a bit, but one of the things that fourth edition did get right in a lot of ways was how they managed solos, those solo monsters Mm -hmm. to make them more of an actual threat for a a party full of like, when we go back to the action economy, right? It's easy to dogpile and beat the crap out of something whenever there are 50 actions to one, maybe one multi-attack or a cone effect or something like that. Well, by the time it gets around to the bad guy, they've already been eviscerated. Yeah, one of my favorite things is that we've kind of went way off killer DM, John being the killer DM. That's topic. okay. But anyway, it's all right. Well, but it's all, I mean, this is all like, this is all in it, right? Yeah. But I think what we're really, what it really boils down to is, man, you've really got to start flexing those, the the uh, muscles when it comes to like being agile in the, in the game and like fake it till you make it yep. to your point, right? The players will call audibles on you. All game long, and you've got oh, yeah. to be able to, you know, scope the field, see what's going on, and change the play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So next week's going to be fun, though. I'm like, I, I told them leading up to this, the next several sessions, I'm really, really looking forward to because I'm finally getting, like, I'm hitting a stride of making it feel like the setting by at introducing new stuff to it, and then this one was just one of those where it, it was a, it could swing either way, and so. I'm really to introduce. It's almost like a mini game. I think is what it's going to feel like, or like not a mini game, but like a like a a side quest kind of thing where I'm, everything changes and it's very very different. And they're going to have to they're going to have to think outside of the box in order to to reverse what's happened. I'm 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 digging this. I'm excited to hear about it myself because you know it goes back to something that we talked about uh, in a previous episode during mm-hmm. a news article. The, you know mm-hmm. the the kingdom of debt of the of the dead. Uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. That to me, you know, this is right along those lines. You have a TPK. Oh crap. What do I do? Mm. Oh, I have a whole adventure right here. It's all about what happens when, when you die. This is like that only it's, it's tailor made. It's being tailor made to your situation, your, your setting, the adventure, the whole deal, which makes it even better. Yeah. I, I'm going to put a request in right now. Okay, hit me. That until until this little arc of your story is complete, that every week going forward we do a little mini episode 
as an update episode. What do y'all think? Would you guys, would everybody in the chat want to hear more about uh, what John does to to his ghost walking <laughs> party members right now so they can get back? I think that would be awesome because I, I would yeah, really like to gonna, hear how I this would, progresses. Because I was going to tell you what my plan was, but I think to that end, I think let's see how it actually like. The next session, my plan may be one thing. They may do the, may do it all over again. They may be like, "Well, we're just gonna like, we're gonna go off into the into the sunset that isn't there," or they may end up going a completely different direction. And I've got a, I've got a, how close to the cuff am I on what I've already gotten? Kind of like noodled in my brain. But yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm kind of, I'm glad that I didn't go ahead and, and yeah. Say it. I think we'll. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I, I I'm really digging it now. I kind of want to kill my characters. Kill all your characters. <laughs> <laughs> I I did run. I actually did run a Ghost Walk campaign once, and I really enjoyed it from like the old third edition from Ghost from, Walk, from Ghost uh, Walk. Yeah, setting. okay, mm-hmm. Very really cool. good. I really I really did enjoy it. Um, and uh, so so luckily, me running something like that that was another thing that kind of helped. Is I already had I, I kind of had that vibe in my in my head, and I'd done stuff like stuff like that in the past, so. That's part of it too, right? As a DM, it's like you'd have all of this past experience and something that you'd done before for another group. This group's never done it before. It's completely fresh to them. Yep. So I can plug, I can uh, like, surgically remove this one bit that was really good and then implant it here to make it work and then wow this group equally if not more so. Because now you kind of like, you've, it's seasoned over time. You've kind of uh, you've you've fleshed it out more. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it. If I was your player in this in this uh, game, mm-hmm. I think what my plan would be now that I'm a ghost. Yes. Let, let's hear this. I am very interested to hear. Is this next bit. And and okay. So if if I'm controlling the game, DMing and playing at the same time, here here's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I would see happening. Uh. We would we we're stuck in this house. We're tethered, right? Mm-hmm. Until other living creatures come along, and we possess them. Mm-hmm. To then, because it's like, well, crap. We can't interact with the object because we're ghosts. Mm-hmm. And we we you know it take in my head. It takes a while for ghosts to learn how to manifest enough to where they can manipulate things in the in the prime material kind of a thing. And then you say, okay, yeah, this group of, of people walk in and who do you, who do you possess? So now you have the mental abilities of yourself, but now you have mm-hmm. their physical abilities kind of thing and, and doing whatever. But then as, as on the DM side of things, I would flip it and say, it's been like six months. You've been mm-hmm. dead six months. So all the stuff that was happening in the storyline just got advanced. Just just to see what I think that would be. And then it's like, well, your bodies are ash. The only way to bring that back is for, you know, true resurrection or or a wish spell or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Or you don't give the bodies back. You've put, you've possessed them, so now you can continue on as these new character bodies. I've got I don't have goody two shoes. I've got a paladin in the group though. I don't think the paladin would fly with that though. 
Mm. Okay, but I do have like I've already since since Friday we played the game. Since Friday, I do have like I know exactly what I'm going to do next week or this week coming up, right? So I hadn't considered them possessing anyone, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to play it exactly the way that I had it in my like or not play it, but I'll, I will present it the same way that I had planned next week. But I'll be looking for that one for one of my players to be like, oh. Well, we'll just wait around until somebody shows up. Surely they'll show up. I mean, this is like the only, like, because that's the thing is like finding abandoned places where people can like, can huddle from the storm or from the cold is a mm-hmm. thing, right? So it would make, would make sense that you'd have um, passersby or people come from time to time and yeah. Or another group of draconians shows up. Well, so... Wow, man, I don't want to say anything. Because I know, like, I, what I haven't t- said is, like, this is what the setup actually is for this next bit. Yeah, and so, I, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. If I, if I, yes, I think that'll give, that'll give up too much uh, for, for next time, though. And, yes, yeah. I, and that is a good one, Craig. I will talk to my players at post-game and be like, okay, so what do you think? How, did, how do you feel like that? Because this was kind of an, this really boiled down to almost like an experiment. Oh, because yeah. I kind of knew what it, it could end up being a TPK. How do I reco- how do I like because this essentially is like how do you forecast it and then plan a recovery without it seeming to your point completely like oh a, mulligan. A, a complete that's, mulligan, yeah. Mm, that's okay. I don't like that. Yeah. Well right on. before before we tread too deeply into what might come, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think we should uh, I think we should call it done. And, I think uh, so too. Yep. Okay. Agreed. Well, uh, y'all, thanks for thanks for joining us one more time and hanging out with us and hearing about uh, John's killer streak. <laughs> twirl the mustache. Yeah, twirl, twirl, twirl the, the mustache. Uh, John, thank you for hanging out with us. And you know, Zach, sorry you missed it, but uh, eh, you mm. suck. You know that Zach would have just he would have relished any player player characters. Biting the dust. Oh sand. yeah, we'll to, you see, he's we'll just like pour one out for him. He's just giddily, you know, tapping his fingers together and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, ask us more questions. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, By Size Gaming. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna figure out who's got the Twitter control and uh, get that started here mm-hmm. pretty soon. Um, that's where you. Yep. But you can find us on Facebook right now. Uh, here on, uh, you can check us out on uh, the Drifters Atlas on Twitch to uh, to watch our streams. But I think that that kind of yeah, that, that kind of covers it. I think so. Right on. Until next time, have a great game, everybody. Godspeed. Stay safe. Shh, Kirk, don't tell him. Sunday afternoon. Long dramatic silent pause. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how low is my drink? I know. It's like, damn, man, I need to fill this thing back up. That took forever.